The bagpipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound. The Big Rab Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1. G1 Reeds and Chanters were played in 8 out of the 9 winning World Championship performances in 2017, including the newly crowned Grade 1 World Champions in Vararian District, and also for some bands, including the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there. Welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. Hi, are you? Hope you're all keeping very well out there on podcast land, wherever you may be tuning in. And uh, if this is your first podcast, then welcome. How are you? I have to say, we introduce new people each and every week to the podcast. So if this is your first click and your first download, welcome. We are the show for the piping folks. So if it's got bagpipes in it, around it or near it at all, we are the show for you. We talk about everything from the piping world. If this is your first episode like i say go and check out our back catalogue we've got a lot at the minute <laughs> they're they're all up there and we talk about all sorts of interesting topics sometimes topical at the time and some not so topical at the time but anyway you can check out our back catalogue they're all available there and yes welcome let's kick things off every big rap show podcast starts with a little bit of listener mail and yeah this week has been extremely quiet any listener mail that we've received this week is all about our first news story. Hmm, we'll get talking about that. But yes, if you guys do want to suggest a possible topic of the week, uh, this one was a suggested topic of the week that I'll certainly chat about. That's why you've clicked on this link to begin with, uh, hence the title. But yeah, if you want to suggest a particular topic of the week or anything, even that you just want to talk about in passing, mail us in. BigRabShow at gmail.com We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we do understand that this is kind of the weird in between a bit between the winter season and the actual season happening. Yeah, this is the weird in between a bit, I always call it. Maybe around April, start of May, it's always a very strange time of year because it's a stressful time for bands at the minute. I wanted to talk about that <laughs> under listener mail because I do know a serious amount of bands are going through a lot of problems because it's at this time of year bands actually get on their instruments and head outdoors because the weather's starting to change so bands are practicing outside of the band hall now in the open air and mm, a lot of bands experiencing problems a lot of ones saying they thought they had read selection and that all sorted until they practiced outside the, the regular practice hall and eee, back to square one. Yeah, in fact, a lot of pipe majors are sweating at the minute. So trust me, if you think you are alone <laughs> in that regard, you are not. Lots of other bands around the world, around the province here in Northern Ireland, are experiencing this. And, you know, you practice all winter in a nice cosy little hall and uh, you're on sticks and pads and chanters, you know, for, you know, I don't know, this past three, four months perhaps, all through the winter, learning stuff. And then you think, we've got stuff sounding pretty well. You know, we sound together. This is awesome. Things are going well. And then suddenly you strap a drum on you or you throw the pipes under the arm and you head outside. Completely changes. It's weird it's like you've almost started to learn again so a lot of bands are going through this process some people have actually messaged into our facebook page saying oh my god rap practice last night was just a disaster 
<laughs> Pipe Major, red in the face, shouting and yelling at everyone. Lead drummer's not happy. Ugh, what do you do? You know, but hey, that's all part of the winter months. What I would say to you is that you're not alone. Lots and lots of bands out there are currently going through, as I've said, this little weird period where, yeah, bands are coming out of hibernation now and practicing outdoors. And it does, it changes the whole dynamic. As soon as you take that step outside into the open air with your instrument, everything sounds different, you know? Especially, yeah, if you went from playing on Chanter for this last week of months to heading out and blowing the full set of pipes outdoors as well. You might have blown them indoors many a time, you know, but taking them out, yeah, you notice the inflections a lot more, you know, the little slips and how people could be playing parts differently and you've never noticed all winter until you take them outside and you're like, what? What are you doing there? So, yes, a lot of stuff has just hit the fan this past two, maybe two, three weeks where bands have been playing outdoors. So, yeah. This is the one message I wanted to get across on the podcast this week is don't worry, don't stress about it. It happens every year. <laughs> in fact, in case if you probably think back to year last year, the year before, I'm sure your band has experienced the exact same thing. You're not going to instantly hit the ground running. So which is why it's great to get practicing outdoors now when you can because the next 4 or 5 weeks maybe until the start of the season yeah, now is the time to get the work done. So, don't worry. Lots of other bands are going through the same process that you are. Yeah, just hang in there, I suppose. As disheartening as it might be, hang in there. So, yes, do get your emails into us, folks. Biggrabshow at gmail.com. I have to give a shout-out to the guys uh, at the Chanter Rant podcast, who, yeah, were chatting all about our show this past week. Thank you, guys. And I'm continuing to really enjoy their show. If anything, last week's podcast on the Chanter Rant podcast, if you haven't listened to it yet, it was just hilarity from start to end. And, yeah, they had Babs on the show, who... Apparently they called it that she was drinking the Haterade and that's just hilarious. Go and check it out, the Chandoran podcast. These guys, yeah, just hilarious. <laughs> I think by all accounts. Be warned though, some strong language is applied so yeah, if language isn't your thing then maybe not click the button. But uh, definitely, for yeah, if that doesn't bother you, go and check it. It's definitely worth a listen. Right. Before we get into our piping news for this week, I have to give a shout out to our patrons. Those people who click that support button on our Patreon page, thank you so much, goes to Brandon Moreno, LoneStarPiper.com and Twisted Thistle. You guys are awesome! Yes! Thank you guys. And if you do want to help support the show, you can go and check out our Patreon page and click on the link there for the support. And there's all different sorts of levels and tiers for extra wee bits of content and stuff and, you know, all wee perks and that. So, but also... If you don't want to click that support button, you don't have to. Because we'll still continue trying to produce what we do. Right. Time to fly on. But into the piping news. Now, as I said, we got a lot of mail about our first news story on the podcast this week. And that's about the Big Rab Show merchandise. Yeah, We kind of announced it. <coughs> that the Big Rab Show has launched the line of merchandise. You can now go and get yourself Rab Show hoodies and Rab Show t-shirts. Now, by all accounts... This has just blew up, <laughs> to, to coin a phrase. Um, you know, I'm not a clothing supplier by any means, so this is all a huge learning curve for me. Um, but yeah, the whole design process and getting it all actually in production was a whole learning process. As I said, I'm doing it, you know, kind of between me and the guys on the team, we're all kind of trying to figure this out. So <clears throat> yeah, 
We now have a line of merchandise. It's now up there on the website. You can go and purchase one if you want. There's t-shirts available in two colours. I think navy and red. And you can get hoodies as well which are in orange and in black. And so, yeah, you can go and pick them up on thebigrabshow.com. Just click on that wee link, uh, the shop link. And there you go. You can get all merched up. Yeah, by all accounts, it's been extremely popular this last while. And that's what I say, it's been a bit of a learning curve because all of us are kind of, I don't know, rabbit in the headlights, I think. (laughs) We're like, we were expecting maybe a half dozen orders. But, yeah, you guys are, yeah, I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, sometimes, for a while there, I thought it was like, someone's spamming the account and these orders are all fake. But no, they weren't, they were all legit, orders come to so thank you everyone who's picking up the merch really appreciate it and yeah if you are interested in getting yourself some merchandise now's the chance go on and get yourself a wee hoodie on a t-shirt and it'll wing its way out to you in the mail and we'll hopefully get that to you a lot of people asking questions about sizing and all the rest i think we have um like you know charts and stuff where you can sort out what sizes and stuff all the information should be up there hopefully but if you do want to get in contact us about the merchandise, definitely. Get in contact with us. The email address is there. BigRabShow at gmail.com and we'll try and sort you out and so you can get yourself some Rabshow merch. Okay, this past weekend, the Lothian and Borders Branch indoor mini band and solo competition took place there in Livingston in the James Young High School. So, now I haven't got the results here for the solos, but I have got the results for the bands. So let's roll through them. Some of them are quite interesting actually. So let's start off, Novice B went to Preston Lodge, and they lifted the drumming as well, so well done Preston Lodge. Uh, Novice A went to George Watson's College. Awesome start to the season there, George Watson's, plus they lifted the drumming as well. Now, into the juvenile grade, yeah, went to Preston Lodge. Ooh, a lot of people actually surprised by this, thinking that George Watson's would have their own way, but nope, went to Preston Lodge, congratulations. The drumming, however, went to George Watson, so... Yeah, not a bad weekend by all account for George Watson's there in the juvenile grade. Now, on to grade four, it went to Stockbridge, and the drums went to Camlon and District. Now, Stockbridge, we've heard before, have been quite successful in recent years, but Camlon and District, hmm, haven't really heard much about this band, to be honest, but here they are lifting a drumming title, and yeah, that's not a bad way to kick off the season for you guys at a little mini band competition. I'll be watching with interest there, Camelon and District. Hmm, not a bad way to kick off 2018, guys. Congratulations. Okay, Grade 3 went to Stockbridge again. Obviously, they must have played in Grade 3 and lifted the title. And, yeah, the drummer went to Stockbridge as well because they were the only band in Grade 3. <clears throat> so, there you go. But they lifted, yeah, top spot plus the drum as well, so well done, Stockbridge. On to Grade 2 then. Yeah, Juvenile... <laughs> George Watson's college played up grade two and lifted the title, plus lifted the drumming as well. So not a bad weekend's work by George Watson's college. Congratulations. Now, on to grade one. Yes, there was a grade one, but it consisted of one band. There was no other bands competing in grade one, so there was a mini band presented by Boghall and Bathgate. Now, these guys put on a bit of a show, really. I think they played their MSR plus their new medley. Uh, I think they played last year's MSR by all accounts, but I think they did debut the new medley. I haven't really checked it out yet. I do know there are video clips available, uh, but yes, I haven't went to check them out yet, so that's a slap in the wrist for me. 
but I am interested. I will go back and watch that to see if it is their new medley selection or not. But shout out to Boghall, who put on a bit of a show. And yeah, of course, because they were the only band in the grade, lifted the top spot. So well done to Boghall. I think, by all accounts, this event, the Lothian and Borders Branch Indoor Mini Band Competition, has been really well supported. I think it was standing room only, apparently, and the place was bunged out. So... Yeah, by all accounts, a really successful event. And who knows, in future, more bands may support this. And uh, I would urge you to. Sometimes, you know, I do believe mini-band competitions, you know, they do have a part to play in the piping world. You know, people believe, Mark, mini-bands, sure, really, what value is there? I honestly think there is, you know, a big value to them. But anyway, you may disagree. But there you are. I hope to see next year's Lothian and Borders Branch indoor event go from strength to strength. Have a look. Now, shout out has to go to Darko Triumph Street because they're jumping on the merchandise bandwagon too. Yes, us on the Rab Show, we have our merch out and now Darko Triumph Street have also released a bit of a new line of merchandise as well. So if you're a supporter of Darko or even if you just like their logo, like me, I think their merch actually looks kind of cool. <laughs> you can go pick yourself up a Darko Triumph Street t-shirt and hats I think they're doing as well. Amongst other things, you can go and check out their website, Darko Triumph Street. And yeah, go and get yourself some merch. Because they have some pretty handsome models, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Shout out to the Darko Triumph Street models. Yeah, go and check out their website and go and get yourself some new merch. Okay. Have to do a bit of an RSPBA Northern Ireland branch announcement. Now I'm very aware this may not apply for a lot of you living internationally, uh, but bear with me. I have been asked to announce this on my podcast and on the show. The Kalabaki solos are coming up Saturday the 7th of April. So, hey, just around the corner, the Kalabaki solos are here. Now they ask me to stress this, that entry forms and the entry date is coming on the 31st of March. So yeah, you have to get your entries in by the 31st of March. The door closes 5pm apparently on the 31st. Late entries will not be accepted. In bold print, underlined. (laughs) You have been warned, okay? Yeah, if you are interested in going and competing at the Colobaki Solos this year, go along, RSPBA NI, on their website. All the forms are all up there, all of your syllabus and everything that you need to do. Fill in the forms and get them to the office before the 31st. They must insist that. Because any late entries, even if it's five, 5 past 5, 10 past 5, tough. Doors are closed, hard cheese. Apparently in previous years they've had people trying to submit forms on deadline day at about 8 or 9 p.m. And no, office hours are 9 to 5. Get them in before 5 o'clock. You've been warned, okay? Now, we'll be chatting more about the Kolobaki solos coming up on next week's podcast. We'll be possibly looking at the draw, hopefully, if we manage to get the draw by then. Uh, but, yeah, Kolobaki solos, as everyone here in Northern Ireland knows, it's quite a large event because it's the first solo event, really, before the Ulsters, the Ulster solos, and that's quite a large event, too, in its own right, so... Yeah, we'll be looking at the Kolobaki solos and everything that's going to be happening there. I'll certainly be watching with interest. And yeah, next week's podcast, I'm sure we will break it down and look at the Kolobaki solos and who's who and who's going to be going. Right. Now, exciting news. Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton have finally launched Symbosis 2. I've been talking about this now, I think the last three or four podcasts in a row. But you can now go and order a copy of it. It's now available for pre-order. Go and get it now. 
So apparently what you have to do is go to rossonalley.bandcamp.com. So you click on the link uh, to listen to Kings, now in order, and then you can get your own physical CD sent to you. But also, you'll also be sent a digital download code. So if you pre-order before the 20th of April, you'll get it in hard copy, an actual CD in the post. Plus, you'll get it on MP3 download as well, which is not too shabby at all. Grant, so there you go. Slash a shout-out. Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton, Symbosis 2. <sighs> you need to get a copy of this. You know, this has been announced possibly about six hours before I came on here to record the podcast, and yeah, I've yeah been waiting to get this thing pre-ordered. I cannot wait to get a copy of it. So yeah, as soon as I get the podcast recorded tonight, I will be pre-ordering that bad boy. And I hope you guys will be doing the same, because yeah, this will be one album you will want in your collection. No, I can't say want. You'll need it, alright? It'll be compulsory. You'll need it in your collection. Symbosis 2, Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton. Right. A bit of a shameless plug there, but hey, these guys are awesome. (laughs) Right, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. For those of us living in Northern Ireland, uh, yeah, they're coming back. They're coming back to Northern Ireland. Actually, this time, they're coming back for two dates in Northern Ireland, which is quite impressive. Normally, we get like one date, and that's a one-off, and then we don't see them again for maybe two or three years. But here they are. They're making two dates now in Northern Ireland. So off the back of their last uh, sold-out, uh, one they had there in the Odyssey. Of course, I had the podcast there where we chatted to all the guys. So that wasn't too long ago. They've now announced that they're coming back. Thursday, the 28th of February in the Millennium Forum in Derry slash Derry. Plus, they're now also going to be in back in the SSE Arena in Belfast. And that's going to be Friday, the 1st of March. So that's two dates on the trot. Whew. Wow, I cannot wait. Plus, little Brucey bonus. The one that's going to be held in the SSE Arena in Belfast on the 1st of March will also feature the Ulster Scots Agency Juvenile Pipe Band. So that's not too shabby. Because I think last time the guys were on stage, they had the the Juvenile Pipe Band on stage with them again. And yeah, not a bad performance at all by all the kids, plus the Chilis as well. What an amazing night it was. And so, yeah, they want to do it again. They're coming back. So, yeah, you can go and get your tickets. I think they are available through Ticketmaster and stuff like that. You can go and grab them and then go and check out the Red Hot Chilis. I believe they're just finished a recent tour of the States. Um, I think just this past week, the guys have finally headed home. Uh, by all accounts, the guys have been on tour now, I think, for this last three, four weeks, possibly. Just playing dates all around the US. So, if you're listening in the States and you managed to catch the Chilies, let us know what you thought. Because I've been telling people this for a while. A lot of people say the Red Hot Chili Pipers, mm, yeah, I could take them or leave them. But it's not until you actually see them live that you get to appreciate what they do. I've listened to recordings of the Chili Pipers now for years, possibly since the, you know, began. And I've always listened to their albums and, you know, the live albums, all that sort of stuff. But I've never really got it until I seen them live. Until I actually got to see the stage show, then you can appreciate, you know, just the body of work that these guys put together. So they are known as being this incredibly famous bagpipe based bag rock band and it's not until you do see them live that you get to appreciate you know the full the full picture do you know what i mean once you have an album in your hand and you're listening to it that's fine but once you actually get to see them do you know what i mean yeah so if you do get the opportunity to go and see the chilies i would recommend them definitely go and get your tickets and go and see the guys because yeah it just provides a whole new element doesn't it 
So, yeah, if you have the opportunity, go and grab your tickets. Go and check out the chilies. Right. Stuart Little, the legendary pipe major of current world champions in Vararian District, was in Cookstown, Northern Ireland this past weekend. He was giving a piping recital and workshop in the Royal Hotel in Cookstown uh, as part of Tully Lagan Pipe Band's 95th anniversary celebrations. Now, I think by all accounts, it was extremely well attended and Stuart was there uh, from first thing in the morning. I think it was bright and breezy and yeah, providing workshops and giving people lessons and stuff about band setup and tuning and things like that and then give a recital where yeah, we managed to live stream some of it on the Big Rab Show Facebook page. So if you are interested, those videos are up there of the whole live stream thing that we've done for, for Stuart Little and uh, yeah, the guy, what can I say? <laughs> The guy is a beast. He's just incredible. What a a talented man. Uh, Yeah, just awesome performances. And by all accounts, a very well-attended event. And I think everyone had one heck of a time. So, after the recital then, Tully Lag and Pipe Band then presented their celebration dinner. Which, by all accounts, was a very swanky affair. Yes, everyone got all dolled up in their finery and all sat down and filled their faces full of meat and spuds and pints. And it was great. (laughs) I think the guys in the band had an awesome time. So congratulations to the guys at Tully Lag and Pipe Band. 95 years on the road. And yeah, I don't know if there's many other bands that can celebrate that long being on the road. I don't know. I'm sure there are loads out there who have been on the road for hundreds of years. But I did ask you on last week's podcast to let me know if you have a particular band or know of one that's been on the road for years and years and years. Let me know. You know, I would be interested to hear because that's one of the things I wanted to talk about on the podcast this incoming season is pipe band history. Because essentially, yeah, we have a very rich piping and drumming history and yeah, it would be nice to delve into it, I think. Anyway, congratulations to Tully Lag and Pipe Band, 95 years on the road and here's to 95 more. Right, Inverleithen Pipe Band. Uh, yeah, Inverleith and Pipe Band are going to be holding an, uh, their annual Pipeathon. Now, the reason I pause for breath is because I was thinking, Pipeathon? What? What's a Pipeathon? So, as I read through their press release, it actually explained it in pretty good detail. Saturday, the 14th of April, members of the Pipe Band are hoping to raise about two and a half grand for pipe band funds in order to ensure the band's continued existence you know paying for uniforms and instruments and stuff the band are trying to raise about two and a half grand to see them through the 2018 season now what is a pipeathon? The band members themselves are gathering sponsorship individually and as a band collectively and will play in relay non-stop for 12 hours <laughs> 12 hours of solid playing. Yee. So that's obviously going to be from 8am to 8pm. It's going to be held in the Inverleithen Union Club. Now, this is a challenge and a half. And if anything, I wish the guys well. Well, if they say this is an annual thing, which tells me that they've done it before. So I asked, yeah, how much did they raise last year? And last year's event apparently raised 2445 So just shy of their target of two and a half so hey here's hoping that they can reach their target this year of two and a half grand if you are interested Inverleith and Pipe Band are available on social media and they have all the links up there to their Just Giving page plus you can contact any member of the band you know and throw them a wee a quid just for yeah 12 hours of playing that's unbelievable (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, I wish you luck. Apparently the band has had an influx of new members recently. So this uh, funding that they're uh, hopefully trying to raise is for uniforms and instruments and things like that. So I wish you as well, guys. And uh, 12 hours of solid playing. Let me know how that goes. You know, you have my every sympathy. Yee. Anyway, the RSPBA Northern Ireland Piping and Drumming School yeah, I think by all accounts they closed their doors because the school term has now finished by all accounts. Uh, yeah, members of the school or students of the school, I should say, sat their final exams this past weekend. So, by all accounts, we hope everyone done well in their exams, studied hard and everything throughout your your year. Yeah, and just hope everyone managed to get through the exams. And yeah, apparently the presentation of the awards themselves, you know, you get your certificates and that and your achievements all handed out to you. It's going to be held on the 2nd of May in Laurel Hill Community School in Lisburn. So we'll look forward to that. Hopefully everybody managed to do well and achieve full top marks and you'll all get your certificates handed to you at the end of it. So all of your learning and stuff will be worthwhile. So, yeah, we'll look forward to that 2nd of May. And, yeah, we'll definitely be reporting on that once, you know, the awards are handed out. Now, the Isle of Skye Youth Pipe Band hit the news recently because they're on the lookout for a drumming instructor. Yes, they're looking for a drumming instructor, however, that could be funded by their local council. Now, this kind of raised a few eyebrows. Now, ordinarily, whenever a pipe band are looking for a drumming instructor, they just put an, uh, an ad out there on social media or something and say, hey, we need somebody to come and teach us. Come on ahead. And, yeah, so it's all done kind of voluntarily and that. So, yeah. <laughs> this band, the Isle of Skye Youth Pipe Band, are looking to do it through official channels and actually have someone who's paid to do the job to come and land down and teach the band. So, yeah, this apparently is off the back of their recent success at the Scottish Schools Pipe Band Championship. Remember I was talking about it not too long ago? Apparently the Sky youngsters managed to secure first places in piping right across the board. But their overall marks suffered pretty badly because of their drumming. Hmm... Which made them really look at it and think, oh, we're doing something wrong at the back end here. So, this all backs up the band's claim that they lack, that the lack of a regular instructor, apparently, at their school is yeah, proven to be a real barrier towards future achievement. So, they're trying to put a, a case together to have someone hired to do the job to come and teach at the school. So, if you are interested, please get in touch with the guys of the Isle of Skye Youth Pipe Band. They are available all through their social medias and all that. You can contact them, and if you can help them at all, then definitely get in contact with them, because they want to hear from you. Yes, especially if you're a drummer, mind you. I don't know if they want pipers. They want drumming teachers. There you go. Okay, shout-out goes to a brand-new band, I think, by all accounts, because I don't know much about them. Maybe you guys out there in podcast land can help me with this, but Uddington Strathclyde Pipe Band. I haven't heard of these ones before. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I've buried my head in the sand and maybe they've been around for years. But Uddington Strathclyde Pipe Band, they've been recently graded by the RSPBA. They've come out of the woodwork and have now been placed in grade 3A. Eeeh. Talk about a baptism of fire. So if these guys are just getting together and jumping into the competitive arena, getting placed straight into 3A, dang, I wish you as well, guys. Grade 3A this season will be a very, very tight grade, I think, by all accounts. Uh, yeah, grade 3A, oof, we'll get talking about that as we look at the season preview. But recently I've been looking through the various grades and what bands are on what grade. 
uh, you know, trying to pick out possible dark horses. Do a bit of research yourself. Have a look at Grade 3A this year. Grade 3A is going to be a very interesting grade to watch. Mm. And yeah, with this new band in the mix, Uddington Strathclyde, that I, by all accounts, don't really know much about. So maybe you guys do, and maybe you can give me the inside track. Are they going to be worth watching? Now, these guys, possible dark horses. So, mm, don't know. One to watch, I think. So congratulations, Huntington Strathclyde. We can't wait to see you on the grass, to see what you're going to bring. Um, yeah, so we can all get a listen to you, you know. <laughs> I'll be watching with interest Grade 3A this season. Definitely going to be worth a watch. So, yeah. Well done, Huntington Strathclyde. Look forward to hearing you. Right. On the topic of paperwork, RSPBA and I were looking your entry forms for the Colabaggy Solos, but they're also looking your player transfer forms. Yes, I was asked to say this again. 30th of March, door closes on certain moves. Now, bear with me. If you're moving from a higher grade to a lower grade, your paperwork should be handed in by the 30th of March. Again, Going by normal office hours, 5pm deadline on the 30th of March. So if you're going from grade 2 to grade 4, you need to get your forms in and get them in pretty dang quick. Because as I'm recording this, it's the 28th. So you've only got a couple of days, depending on when you're listening to this, of course. So if you're moving from higher to lower, you have until the 30th of March to get your transfer forms in now. If you're going from lower to higher, however, if you're going from grade 4 to grade 1... Then you have until the 27th of April to get your forms out. You get that a little bit longer. Obviously, that move isn't as strenuous on the, yeah, the sorting out of the paperwork and stuff. So, yeah, they give you that bit longer. 27th of April if you're going from lower to higher. And if you're going from higher to lower, you need the 30th of March to get them in. So, you've been warned. <laughs> Go along to the RSPBA NI website. Deadlines are all up there, including, I think you can get copies of the forms as well on the website. Yeah, it's happened before. Yes, bands have been disqualified for playing players that haven't been registered or their paperwork hasn't been sorted or their you know their transfer forms are suddenly mysteriously stuck in the mail somewhere. You know, what I'm saying, try and get your forms in now as you can. You know, you have the opportunity, get your paperwork done now because come a banger the first competition here in Northern Ireland. I don't want to hear any stories of bands being disqualified or, you know, people falling out because they didn't sign a form or something. (sighs) You know, it's so disheartening. You would spend all winter long working so dang hard and then hit the grass only to be told, "Mm, you didn't get your paperwork in, so nah, your whole band's disqualified. That's your weekend done. You know what I mean? So take it from me. Go and speak to your band secretary if they look after all the paperwork. Go and give them a kick up the butt and say, here. Have you got my paperwork sorted yet, you by ye? <laughs> it's very important, all this administrative stuff. A lot of people forget about it. But, yeah, you need to get your forms done because, yeah, the last thing you want is someone tapping you on the shoulder and saying, here, boy, you're not registered. Your band's disqualified. You don't want that. Now, as I've said, uh, we have... Yeah, what am I looking at in my script here? Yeah, we mentioned to you on last week's podcast that we wanted to do a little bit of uh, investigative work into the history of piping and drumming. Now, we've already got one person on board who's possibly going to help us with that, and 
yeah, looking into history of local pipe bands here in Northern Ireland. So if anybody else out there wants to help with that, you can more than welcome. You can email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com. But also we're looking to look at uh, the history of pipe bands internationally. Because as we know, they're not just a UK thing, they're all over the world. But what I'm interested in is how these bands became established, how they really began. You know, over here... Uh, obviously piping and drumming is in the woodwork so most bands will have been there for hundreds of years you know <laughs> but I am interested in how piping and drumming has travelled from the UK you know from Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales and went abroad to Australia, New Zealand, the States and Canada and all around the world you know Switzerland, South Africa, Belgium you know I want to know how bands you know go from that fledgling state to two, by, two guys playing in a kitchen somewhere to say, hey, we should form a band. You know, that's what I'm interested in. And yeah, we want to know your story. We are interested. We want to hear from you because we do want to bring it here to the podcast. We do think it will be very interesting to discuss some of the history of piping and drumming, not just locally here in the UK. UK but also internationally so if you do have any kind of interesting stories maybe a band that you're in yourself has an interesting story about its foundation and uh, you know we want to hear from you tell us your foundation stories how your bands got started all of that sort of stuff yeah email us in please bigrabshow at gmail.com I'm sure we'll have a lot of incredibly interesting stories for a lot of different bands around the world so we do want to hear from you and who knows your band could be featured on a future podcast and we could be chatting all about you guys yeah right now a big question that has been asked time and time again a couple of podcasts ago now we yeah I was talking at length about how we may not be doing any live streaming this incoming year. Now this, to cut a long story short, angered a lot of people. They're like, what? What then? Rob, come on man, get it together you monkey. Yeah, so, yeah, that really annoyed a lot of people. And yeah, we were just asking, you know, for anyone out there who could volunteer their time and hopefully help us out because we had Northern Ireland covered, no problem. We could do any, everything that was happening here in this side of the Irish Sea. But when it came to the majors over in Scotland, we were snookered and there was no lying about it. I kind of pride myself in being honest with my audience. And yeah, we were completely snookered. We had nobody available in Scotland who could help us. And essentially what it is, is you'll be volunteering your time to stand there and film the entirety of Grade 1 possibly, plus the results and anything else that could be live streamed as well. It's a long day. It's a lot of work. And it's all voluntary. You know what I mean? No one gets paid for this. It's simply for you guys, the piping fans. You know, this is why we do this. So... As much as I say it's a thankless task, <laughs> you know, you're not walking out of the park with a big 50 quid check under your arm or something like that. You know, it is still something. It's an it's invaluable service to a lot of people around the world. So, yeah, I can now proudly say we finally have someone who can help us. I have to give a shout out to Stephen from the Grace Note Vortex podcast. Thank you. Stephen has came to our rescue and, yeah, has told us, don't worry, guys of the Rab Show, I can help. So, yeah, everyone, show the Grace Note Vortex podcast a lot of love. These guys have really pulled it out of the bag for us and pulled it out of pulled us out of a big hole. So, yeah, Stephen, as you may know, is a piper with Dougal Triumph Street with Pipe Band, but, yeah, also presenter of the Grace Note Vortex podcast, which, by the way, 
needs to come back again. I know you've pulled the plug on it, but pff, come on. I'm dying to hear you back again. So, yeah, who knows? We may hear the Grace Note Vortex podcast back again. But, yes, we now have a full complement on the Big Rab Show team in place. It's looking like the 2018 season will be covered. We have everything covered it that is such a relief to say and like i said i would keep you guys in forums you know once anything develops and yeah steven has came forward put his hand up and saying hey rab i'll volunteer and do my best to try and cover stuff for people around the world so there you go hopefully that'll stop any hate mail coming in because we did catch a bit of abuse saying oh my god you mean i won't be able to catch the what's going on in paisley well hmm don't worry, we now have our full complement. We have, yeah, plans in place to get to these events and to produce as much live streaming as possible. Now, I have to stress, live streaming is a fickle little beast and, yeah, we're dependent on weather. Uh, also, cell phone coverage as well, it's a big thing. If we don't actually have a data coverage <laughs> wherever we're live streaming from, that's a big issue. If anything, last year we had a lot of trouble trying to produce a live stream from Portrush in Northern Ireland because for some reason the data coverage in Portrush was terrible. We tried to live stream the results as well as grade one and it just wasn't happening. No matter what we done, you know, we tried using all of our tips and tricks that we've learned throughout the years of doing this. We tried everything and nothing, nothing would work. So we are dependent very heavily on cell phone coverage, of all of that sort of stuff, whether I don't know if the planets are not aligned. <laughs> you know what I mean? We will do our best. But yeah, shout out has to go to Andrew Shilladay, of course. The legend who will be covering most stuff here in Northern Ireland. He'll be doing most of our live streaming. So if you're listening or tuning into any of our live streams here in Northern Ireland, give a shout out to Andrew. Man's a legend. And also Stephen then from the Grace Note Vortex podcast. He'll be covering everything scotland side so yeah i have to say thank you so much guys first of all for joining the team and yeah helping out when everything yeah it's been a bit crazy so far and the season hasn't even started so there you go shout out to the rab show team we are growing and yeah it's looking like 2018 will be a very cool year indeed yeah so time to fly on that's your pipe of news there's been a lot happening this past week but at the same time it's been relatively quiet because as you know Bands are going through that weird stage at the minute. Mm. Yeah, as I mentioned at the start. Anyway, persevere. Keep going. <laughs> and yeah, as new stories continue to drop, we will announce them on our Big Book page, Facebook page, Twitter, all that sort of stuff, and we'll bring it to it here in the podcast. Right. Time to fly on. It's time for me to go and get myself a big mug of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. LoneStarPiper.com The little pipe and drum supply in the heart of Texas. Proud to be firefighter owned and operated. With 10 years in the industry, they are dedicated to providing friendly, professional, personalized service. Featuring many of the most popular brands for bagpipers and drummers, as well as custom kilts and highland wear. Feel free to shoot them an email with questions about custom orders or to get a quote for special pricing on larger orders at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com. Check them out. TwistedThistle.com Owned and operated by world champion and gold medal winner bass drummer Mike Cole. Twisted Thistle bass drum mallets are one of the top performing bass stick brands in the world. Used by our current world champions in Vararian District Pipe Band. 
So check out TwistedThistle.com where you can find information on available models to buy, tuning videos, Skype drumming lessons, pipe band drum scores, pipe band drumming workshops, drum tech support, just so much stuff. Check them out, TwistedThistle.com. Hello, this is Scott Wood and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Pipe Band Hub, promoting the pipe band scene since 2011. For all your news, results and performances, follow them on Facebook, Twitter and with over 250 performances on their Audio Mac site to choose from, make the Pipe Band Hub your first choice online when you pick up your phone. Yes, indeed. Time for the topic of the week and the whole reason you clicked on this podcast to begin with. <laughs> Aye, that was a shout out to our patrons there. Those guys who clicked that support button there got a couple of wee adverts there, so shout out to those guys. If you want to get yourself a note, your own wee 30 second clip or whatever, you can go visit our Patreon page, click on that wee support button, and ding, there you go. You can get yourself a wee shout out on the podcast. Right. The topic of this week is possibly going to be very popular, but one that will draw a lot of commentary. I, mm, It's a big topic area and one that I want to break down, and that is alcohol in general. This week I want to talk about specifically about beer tents, but the whole topic of alcohol... <sighs> It's so intertwined with piping and drumming. We'll get talking about that on future podcasts because it's such a huge area about playing while drinking or drinking while playing and uh, such a mess. We will get into all of that. It's such a huge topic area. A lot of people have suggested it in the past. You know, why don't you talk about alcohol? Don't worry. We will get onto it. That is in the works. There's a bunch of people actually we've lined up interviews and stuff to talk about. So yeah, we will be bringing that on future podcasts. That's in the works. But right now, on the podcast right now, we wanted to talk about beer tents. Now, what I found is beer tents can make or break a competition. (laughs) Now, why is this the case? It doesn't make sense to me. Now, for instance, some of the big majors we have here in the UK, obviously one of the main attractions is the Grade 1, Grade 2, Grade 3, all the competition that's going on, but also the social side of it. Like, for instance, if you were to go to the Worlds, the World Pipe Band Championships, and you didn't have a beer tent, I honestly think there would be a full-scale riot. There would be bricks and bottles and all sorts of craziness, because us pipe band lot are a thirsty bunch. Now, I wanted to talk about beer tents and, yeah, (laughs) how they can make or break a competition. And the one I'm thinking about, I'm sure a lot of you already know, is the UK Championships in Belfast. Now, (laughs) I am not kind of... I'm wanting to make disparaging remarks about the uh, organisers of this amazing competition because it is amazing. The venue is incredible. Uh, we've had vendors coming, and you know, we had Burgess Backpipes turn up there last year, which was incredible. You know, those guys travelled a serious distance and to come down and set up shop and everything, it was just incredible. So we love to see vendors coming to our events, you know, selling their wares and telling people about their amazing products. That was happening, you know, it is happening now. We're getting more vendors at competitions, which is awesome. But the beer tent, what's going on? The UK Championships is such an amazing venue, and the weather at the UK's this last while, maybe this last three, two, three years, it's been running. 
The weather's been fantastic, so the sun's splitting the stones, as they say, and you're dying of dearth, you really want a pint, and uh, you find that the queue for the bar is like six or seven or twelve deep, it's insane, and yeah, you have to stand on a queue for over an hour and a half to get one drink. It's deadly. And even at that, there isn't really any one designated drinking area. I think that they have like a clubhouse, and there's basically two guys behind the bar, who have sweat breaking on them trying to throw out pints as quick as they can lick. But yeah, God love them. I felt really sorry for them. But this has been a, a running thing. You know, the event itself, I think by all accounts, had a beer tent one year. And uh, it was packed out like usual. Beer tents normally are. And yeah, done a good turn. But after that, the beer tent disappeared. And we haven't seen it back again. And a lot of people say that this really spoils the day for them. Mm. Now this is what got me thinking and this is why I wanted to talk about beer tents on the podcast this week. Now, I am going to issue a statement and I can just hear the hate mail coming in now. In fact, I can just listen to the Chandarant podcast this week and they're all going to be slagging me to death. But (laughs) I am going to put it out there. Do we need beer tents at pipe band competitions? Now think about it. Do we need beer tents at a pipe band competition? If we didn't have a beer tent, where would you go? What would you do? Now I know, for instance, there's a lot of little local competitions we have here in Northern Ireland. Our domestic calendar. What happens is, is if you want a beer, you put your pipes and your drum down, and you head up the town. You head up the street. You know, you go and find the nearest bar. You go and sit in there and you support the local economy, that type of thing. You know, so if you're really that desperate and you really want a beer, on you go. You have to leave the venue and go and get yourself a pint. Now, essentially, you're going to be missing the competition because you have to leave the venue to go and spend money. And, yeah, you go and hang out at a local bar and then, yeah, oh, right, grand finale's happening now. We have to walk our way back, back down the town, head back into the venue again tune up and away you go so that happens quite frequently at domestic events do you believe it should happen at national you know the big competitions i don't know i think there is an honest argument for beer tents not being provided now hear me out i know a lot of people are already screaming at their podcast going what are you talking about you crazy dafty bear with me (laughs) whenever we run a pipe band competition The main focus of the day is the competition itself. Now, there's been years where I have been competing in bands and the only bands I see on the day is my own plus whoever is standing next to us in the final tuning area. That's the only bands you get to see that day. You run on, you do your own competition set, you pack up, you head to the beer tent. You don't see anybody playing, you hang out with your mates, you drink a few beers and you have a good laugh and it's a great day, don't get me wrong. But you don't hear any actual music. You don't hear any of the bands. So whenever you're standing in the grand finale and someone says to you, Here, you didn't hear Field Marshal today? You go, no, didn't. I had four pints of Stella. <laughs> oh, Rob, did you hear the boggies? Nope. I had four pints of Stella. <laughs> so you get the picture. You know, you don't actually engage in the actual competitive part of piping and drumming. You're hanging out at the beer tent with your buddies. Now, don't get me wrong, there is most definitely a place for socialising in piping and drumming. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying ban the beer tent. What I'm, saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, if there wasn't a beer tent, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Now, 
that being said, as I am not trying to ban beer tents, I can just see the hate mail now. But what I'm saying is if there isn't a beer tent, there's not the end of the world. I know a lot of people freak out about the UK Championships because there it hasn't been one. But that hasn't spoiled the event by all accounts. If anything, because people can't get a beer or anything and stand around in the beer tent away from the competition, what they end up doing is just slowly making their way over to the arena because there's nothing else to do. You know, you look around the stalls, you buy a few things, you go and hang out and you watch the competition instead of sitting in one place chugging pints with your buds. Now, have to say, I love beer tents. So let's talk about when they do it right and when they do it wrong. <laughs> yeah, when beer tents do it right, this is the one I want to talk about <laughs> the most. In some occasions, now the World Championships do it right in my opinion, but not in recent years. The World Championships have two massive beer tents. Now, these things are huge. And if anything, they're pegged as being beer villages because they actually have tables and chairs out now, you know, with uh, like, you know, little picnic tables and stuff with umbrellas and that. So people can sit around and have a, you know, a chat and a yarn. So you're not having to sit on the, the muddy grass, you know, with your nice kilt and everything. You can basically just sit out on a picnic thing and have a yarn. And that is awesome and no one really has to queue at the bar for too long because there's a serious amount of staff on there the bar itself is huge it's about the same size as maybe half a football pitch a soccer pitch and both of these beer tents are simply massive so if you're looking at beer it's a very very quick affair you just walk straight up beer in hand that's you done within five minutes you have a beer in your hand no messing However, I have to say this. Recently, the beer tent has been a battleground because people have been walking up to the bar and trying to pay by cash. Now, this is the old school way of going up. You buy a beer, five quid, mate. Here you go. There's your fiver. Away you go. Right. Now, it's a completely different affair. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I walked into the beer tent. I thought, ah, fancy myself getting a wee whiskey here. So I got went, so went up to the barman. Says, I give us a half a grouse, right? Not a bother. He poured the drink for me and he put his hand out. I says, how much is it? And he says, uh, it's two tokens. I said, what? Now I thought this was maybe a language barrier or something. So I says, what? Two quid? And he says, nah, mate, two tokens. And they point it over at like a wee hut, like a wee mobile hut thing with a wee girl sitting behind a counter whose job it was to dole out beer tokens. Now, this beer token system has been... Hmm. Yeah, talk about the stuff of war. You know, you have to go and stand in a big queue to go and buy a wee slip of paper that says beer token one on it. And... uh, you don't know how many beer tokens you're going to need until you get to the bar. So if you wanted to get a whiskey, but you only had one beer token, you know, you had to go back. What a disaster. So that's what happened to me. I tell your man, I says, hold on to that drink. I'll go and get my beer token. Right. So I went away, I went and I joined the queue and uh, stood for maybe half an hour, 40, 45 minutes, maybe at the most. It was really busy. I thought, stuff this. So my whiskey is still sitting there (laughs) somewhere from two years ago. So uh, sorry, barman. I'm not returning, by the way, in case you're listening. I didn't get my beer tokens. I couldn't be bothered waiting. So 
I don't know. A lot of people seem to really like the beer token system. That they think it works. It helps you manage your money better. That you're not at the bar hemorrhaging £20 notes all over the place. And uh, yeah. But also I think by all accounts by the organisers. The whole thinking behind the beer token system. Was to counteract fraud. Because apparently a lot of people were using dodgy notes. <laughs> Counterfeit notes and stuff. And yeah. We're essentially drinking for free with loads of dodgy photocopied fibers all over the place. So, hmm, yeah, to counteract fraud and all of that, plus they say it cuts down on waiting times. Uh, I don't know. I disagree. But, yeah, <laughs> it just moves the queue away from the bar and over to the wee girl and that. What do you think of the beer token system? Now, I haven't been to any big music festivals, the likes of Glastonbury or Download or stuff like that. Apparently, that's how they work as well. They work on like a beer token system. So you try and work out well, how many tokens do I need you know, to get like uh, three, two, three beers and you know, will I like a beer later on and how many tokens will I need for that? I don't know. Perhaps the beer token system does work. Maybe I'm just blethering, as they say. But yeah, I don't like the beer token system. I'd rather go up and pay by cash and walk away again very quick. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's up to you. But that's one way that I believe that they do it wrong. The beer token thing doesn't work for me. Also, I have to say, security staff is another bugbear of mine. Now, I understand at beer tents, they can be pretty loud and pretty raucous. And uh, yeah, we all know as the beer goes in, sometimes the wit goes out and people just get stupid and start fighting and rowing and all sorts of crazy madness. Now, the worst I've ever seen was at Dumbarton one year. It was at the beer tent, hanging out with everyone. Now, it was lashing with rain because it was Dumbarton. But yeah, a fight broke out. Now, the reason the fight broke out is because mainly because of security staff. They were being extremely heavy-handed with a, a female and yeah the whole big hoo-ha all started police were called guys were lifted and arrested it was all sorts of madness so when beer tents get it wrong sometimes security staff can be overly heavy-handed when you've been standing there in the lash and rain and people just getting drunk and loud and all the rest it does take a certain level of patience so for you security staff who work at beer tents we know you're under pressure, <laughs> you know what I mean? But us pipe band people don't get out that often. And when we do, yeah, we really like to let our hair down, as they say. So mm, I don't know if you should give us a bye-ball by any means. But uh, mm, yeah, try to keep the fisticuffs to a minimum if possible. Mm. I don't know. Well, guys, that's my thoughts on beer tents. They really can make or break an event for some people. Beer tents... You know, if they're done right, can be fabulous places. They can be really, really good. If anything, I know a lot of bands, if they win a prize at a competition, they march back to the beer tent to celebrate. And in fact, I think that still does happen here in the UK. I've done that many a time myself in a band, where you march to the beer tent, you have a wee fill of the cup or whatever, you throw a beer in the cup and, hey, isn't this great? So, yeah, beer tents are an intringent part of piping and drumming. But I would argue, do we really really need them you know if the world championships were to happen and there wasn't a beer tent i do think there would be a riot but why 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 would there be a riot you know what i mean if you're really that desperate to have a drink and you really need that pint of beer then you know you've got two legs you can quite happily walk up the street and get yourself a pint you know and this is another point of contention that i will leave with you this is going to... Yeah, I'm dancing on the landmine here. 
beer tent prices. Okay. <laughs> now, as I've said, you've got two legs on you. You can walk up the town and get yourself some beer, possibly at a heavily discounted price. Because if you're buying from beer tents, sometimes the prices can be a bit high. If anything, on the Rab Show, uh, this last few years, that used to be part of our uh, like competition review. We give you the state of the port which is a big thing. Uh, a lot of people love to know how desperately bad or how great the port situation is. Uh, also, they want to know the price of beer because it does vary venue from venue to venue. Now, in recent years, I think it has remained kind of the same. The price of a pint has been around four fifty, almost a fiver at beer tents, and spirits are above that again. I think, or and around the same price. I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, that's one thing that we'll be reporting on this year, uh, all being well. That if any of our roving reporters out there do visit a beer tent, we will hopefully report back on the price of beer. Because mm, it's one thing that the beer tents can possibly get wrong. You know, they could really stick the hand in and charge you 20 quid a pint. No, I'm exaggerating. But you know what I mean? They, mm, pricing could be a, an issue for some people. That could also really spoil a beer tent. Because if you're charging 15 quid for a pint... You know, that's not cool. <laughs> Where you can walk up the road and go to the nearest office and get yourself 12 beer for three quid. Stuff like that. Anyway, maybe I'm preaching to everyone who's just nodding their head right now and said, yes, we've been there. But <laughs> yeah, beer tents can get it right and be a really amazing addition to any competition, be a real. Uh, social spot for a lot of us in the piping world. If anything, I've met a lot of my friends in the piping world through beer tents internationally. You know, I'm actually friends with a bunch of guys from the Netherlands thanks to the beer tent. So, hey, shout out to you guys. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, beer tents can be amazing places, but also mm, they can get it wrong and could possibly, yeah, spoil an event. So that's what my argument is, is do we really need them? Beer tents... Are amazing whenever they're great, but whenever they're bad, would we miss them? You know what I mean? If the beer tent wasn't there, what would we do? We would stand around the arena and watch a lot of the music going on. You know, people who work hard all season to produce the goods and everyone's in the beer tent. <laughs> I don't know. That's my two cents. You can take it for what it is. I would be interested to know your thoughts, your experiences of any good or bad beer tents. Let me know. You can email me in bigrabshow at gmail.com. Plus, get us on Facebook as well. You can message us on there. Or probably best of all is you can send us a voicemail. We haven't had a voicemail in quite a while, actually. You can record a little voice clip little audio clip or whatever and you can email it into us using your smartphone device whatever you can very easily send it in bigrabshow at gmail.com mail us in and let us know what your thoughts are on beer tents right that's it for the podcast this week it's been a good one and yeah I would really love to hear your feedback don't forget send your mails in plus if you haven't subscribed to the podcast already please do click that subscribe button if you're on iTunes plus if you're on Podbean give us that all important follow because then as each episode gets uploaded you'll get a little notification to say ding Rab's uploaded another one and you'll never miss an episode plus don't forget to check out the Rab Show merch currently on sale now on the bigrabshow.com <laughs> it's a bit of a shameless plug I can't do that can I Go and click on that shop icon. For those of you out there who are looking hoodies, we've got a number of emails asking, you know, hey, mate, I need a hoodie. Well, there they are. They're up there on the website. You can go and grab them. 
go on the rabshow.com, bigrabshow.com, and click on the shop icon and help yourselves. Right. Until next week, guys, we will see you right here on the podcast again. All the very best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, G1 Reads, raising the benchmark throughout all the grades. Winning 8 out of 9 possible world championship performances, G1 Reads are played by bands around the world, producing that quintessential tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our current world champions in Vararian District. Until next time, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.